right. It's the 12th episode of the Crossplay Podcast, the greatest podcast in the world between PlayStation Lifestyle and Game Revolution. I am your host, Chandler Wood, along with uh, these fantastic other hosts here. Uh, am I really a host? But... <laughs> we're all hosts here. We're recovering all regulars. I was forced into this relationship. <laughs> so, um, Cameron Teague. Jason Faulkner, uh, Senior Editor, Game Revolution. I'm Paul Tamborough, Executive Editor of Game Revolution. We all missed that. Our job titles this week. I, I actually quit like <laughs> five minutes ago. He's, so. he's just on. <laughs> And I'm just the host. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So as usual, we're we're starting off this week with uh, what are we playing? Uh, Let's start off with uh, Jason this week. What are you playing? Um, I'm playing Octopath Traveler. Uh, We actually probably should have ended on you to to move into Um, Octopath. We'll come back to that. (laughs) And uh, but uh, I've also been playing Bomber Crew. Um, What is that? It's like a little indie game. I saw it on Xbox Game Pass. And yeah. uh, it's like a wo- World War II voxel bomber simulator. It's, wow. it's strange, as strange as that sounds, it works really well. Like you kind of <laughs> have to uh, switch between your crew members. And like, you know, one of them bombs. One of You know, you've got turret gunners and stuff and your pilot and navigator and you're constantly switching back and forth between all of them to kind of operate this bomber uh mm. and try and you know complete missions like bombing things and uh i don't know it it, it really surprised me i i played it because it was free um but i ended up actually uh you know i'll probably buy it after after the little game pass uh subscription whatever is done um but yeah i recommend it for anybody who likes uh it's kind of like overcooked a little bit with but with like a bomber um so it's it's almost like a simulation management style game but you're managing bombers instead of food yeah it's like simulator i don't know might give the wrong impression uh because it's really hands-on it's like uh a whole lot of switching around, you know, timing things. Um, but it's good. It's a good game. Uh, I really didn't hear about it before I saw it on Game Pass. Um, and it ended up being a pleasant surprise. So, um, that's nice. As so far as watching Xbox, yeah, Xbox One, but I think it's on PC and it's on PS4 as well. Because I've seen some emails pop into uh, our tips email and stuff about it. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it was probably originally designed to be played with a mouse, but it works good on a controller too. So yeah, um, no. But as as far as things I watched this week, um, I watched Daddy's Home Two yesterday. Oh I actually <laughs> went to a, I went to a real live video rental store, and I uh, don't picked, exist. I I didn't think they did either, but uh, I was curious. And I looked it up on uh, on Google, and sure enough, there's like three family videos around here that, it, and it's like stepping back like 15 years. Like you walk in, and it's like 2005 all over again. <laughs> um, and 
you know, I actually went through the, the whole thing, you know, looking around the store, uh, finding movies, that thing. And it, it was really nice. It, it, it kind of reminded me of what we're missing. Um, I don't know. Netflix is such a Netflix and prime video and all those, you know, that's, they're really convenient, but it's like, you have the burden of choice. It's like, yeah. you just spend so much time. I don't know. Me and my fiance spend forever flipping through movies and shows, uh, trying to figure out something to watch. And I, I kind of liked having the, uh, it's like this, this is a video store and there's a lot of videos here, but this is it. You have to pick something you see here. And, you know, once you rent it, you're kind of committing to watch it because you yeah. paid for it and then you got to take them back. So I don't know. Um, I really like modern convenience, but there's something to be said about, uh, the old school. Oh. I was uh, I was a terrible uh, video rental customer. I just used to <laughs> I just used to sign in to various ones around the area, and then just rent them out and never give them back. Essentially, I stole <laughs> multiple times across multiple video rental <laughs> shops. <laughs> I have uh, no cool, regrets. The cool thing about this one too is it rents four K D four K Blu rays. So oh, really? like those are still really pretty expensive. Yeah. So it's like there's actually a reason to go to the video store too. So it's like mm-hmm. it's not not just nostalgia. It's uh not paying like thirty dollars for daddy's home too on four K. <laughs> I love that you went to there and then you came back with Daddy's Home too. Yeah, it was, so a, much it was a great movie. I'm gonna stand by <laughs> Daddy's Home too as being like a really fu- a really fun movie. I really Jeez. enjoyed the first one, so I I want to see the second one. I think it. Uh, the first one was a good combination of of people yeah I, I, I would say this one uh you know it it it, it uses the same formula from the first without retreading ideas you know it's it's <laughs> they managed to put a fresh spin on what is essentially you know the sameish idea what's weird about this is people would have had this opinion about like godfather 2 compared to godfather but instead it's just being carried over to the daddy's home franchise franchise that's what i want i want a full-on franchise i want a netflix series out of it i want a tie-in mobile game daddy's home for daddy comes home with a vengeance (laughs) daddiest home All right, so Paul, what are you uh, what are you playing and watching this week? Okay, so I've got to be honest, I considered lying and saying that I was playing a game that isn't Overwatch, but uh, I'm <laughs> going to be truthful and completely sincere and say that I've only played Overwatch, and I haven't even like dipped into another game throughout this past week. I haven't even loaded up another game. Uh, my girlfriend's currently got the Switch, which is what I was playing uh, Crash Bandicoot on, and she's playing Dragon Quest Builder, so I'm not allowed to use that now. So it's just been Overwatch and my uh, precious nibbly boy, Hammond, uh, who I've been enjoying a lot. But um, yeah, not a lot to report on that front. Still play Overwatch. That's just all I do. I work, play Overwatch, (laughs) go to sleep. Uh, In terms of what I've been watching, I watched uh, The Last Jedi again for the second time. Uh, And yeah, it's good. It's all right, Phil. (laughs) It's, It's fine. Uh, I watched it again just because when when I watched it in um, theatres the uh, first time, I um obviously it was before all the hate came out about it, so like I just didn't realise that people found it that contentious. Um, so I thought I'll revisit this and find out, you know, try try and see try and see whether it comes from a place of reality. And I just I don't really I 
I get like people dis- disliking the film, but I just really don't understand the sheer backlash against it after having rewatched it. It's just it's got its problems. Um, it's just a fine film. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember you saying before you didn't particularly like it, do your camera? Uh, yeah, the uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I can't imagine that for you then. I don't understand the rampant hate. I get disliking it. Like I get not not liking a movie because it's like, man, this this movie is kind of a bad movie. But like, just the utter hate and the energy and effort that people will pour into trying to like change it and harass the actors and yeah. get their own reshoot made of the movie. Like, oh gosh, just stop. I know. <laughs> I feel like the the only thing that I could like think about, which is weird watching it, it's like I do understand the complaints about um, Luke's character arc. I kind of feel like like it isn't it isn't completely seamless in terms of him becoming the way that he is, as opposed to like the way that he ends up in Return of the Jedi. I understand that. I do feel like they kind of played into what Mark Hamill's kind of real personas like now that he's become a lot more popular kind of like kooky and a bit weird which isn't really what luke is like um but at the same time it's not that much of an egregious issue well and and there again too you're going what 30 years that this guy yeah. hasn't been seen and has been in isolation yeah i've, I've changed true. vastly in the last five years i don't know how, you how a spent it on a little hill <laughs> you haven't spent those five years on a little hill somewhere with just porgs knocking around for exactly. company yeah and the thing is also as well Yoda's completely different in the prequel trilogy compared to when he goes and fucks off for a while so clearly there's a precedent for it in the uh, Star Wars universe of Jedi leaving coming back a bit strange the only one who doesn't really end up a bit strange is Obi-Wan Kenobi who's pretty I don't know he still ends up a little bit weird from from I mean different from his original you know the the prequel trilogy version of Obi Wan sends yeah. himself. I mean, there's there's definitely a precedent for the whole thing, but yeah, yeah, I I don't get the hate. No, I don't get. Why do they all dress up like Jedi? Like Obi Wan, Obi Wan Kenobi went to that desert, and the only reason he looks like that is because he was in hiding. Why why do they all dress the same? <laughs> why does Luke <laughs> dress like that? Like there's like a Jedi uniform but i don't get it because with the like the hooded brown robes and everything now luke looks like that where are they getting these clothes from this well, these, these are just clothes that are limited to tatooine aren't they? <laughs> they all dress like even ray dresses like it where, where she got it from there's a ta- there's the, like a clothing manufacturer who goes from like jacku to tatooine they all look the same yeah, it's weird. No one has like wears t-shirts and jeans in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> Everyone's slaps. just got like a, a tunic. The tunic is very popular in yeah. the Star not, Wars universe. Not to mention yeah. that if Obi Wan was in hiding, why is he wearing the Jedi uniform? Yeah, he, he completely. I tell you, he messed up there. Like, I don't know how he stayed hidden for that long. The Empire, those stormtrooper visors must be very like like uh, visually impairing because. <laughs> He's just knocking around there in his old, in his his old clothes that he used to be. I don't even think he bothered changing between the time of episode three <laughs> and episode four. He's wearing the same old clothes, just wears his hood up a bit. He's dressed like a Jedi. Nobody else dresses like that. And then Luke ends up on this 
island and he's dressed like a Jedi now. He's found the tunic. They must just have a direct line to some kind of manufacturer out there who just keeps bloody mass producing. These, yeah, it's, uh, it's, these it's called wardrobe for Lucasfilm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, think he's, yeah. I think he's just got the old man thing going on where it's just like the same button up shirt every day. You know, yeah, just pick it yeah. up off the floor. Yeah, like baked, baked beans stains down yeah. in. So. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's pull this one over to Cameron. Uh, what what are you playing and watching this week? Oh, sorry, I got lost in all the Star Wars talk. <laughs> I could tell you why the movie sucks, but I won't start. Um, I actually got my import copy of Super Robot Wars X in, so I've been enjoying that. Actually, I don't, I don't know what the story is. Don't ask me. I just skipped through everything, mm-hmm. but, um, it's a good strategy game. Actually. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, watching, uh, I started that shooter, uh, TV series. Is that any good? I've seen it on, what's it on Netflix? Yeah, actually, uh, you know, I liked the movie. Um, and so far I'm, I, Three three episodes in, about to start episode four, and I, I really like it, actually. Shoot the film with James McAvoy, where he bends the bullet. That's not the same one, is it? No, that's that's Wanted. There we go. No. Yeah. Shooter's the one about the uh, American sniper that gets uh, gets framed for an attempted murder of the president. Oh, yeah. I think and he's got to go about and um, prove his innocence. Yeah. Might so, have to to pick that one up um you should it's actually really good so for for me i am the uh the destiny 2 foil to paul's overwatch yeah. that's basically yeah. me is just like work destiny 2 sleep yeah. wake up work <laughs> destiny 2 um not sleep more destiny 2 uh yeah and that's really been like my my thing i i played some psvr game uh this last week just really quickly for review uh salary man escape it was kind of a a janky little tetris puzzler that was eh, you know whatever <laughs> you could you could like begin janky little to describe most PS, psvr games i think it's just a janky <laughs> little most, car game janky uh, little shooting game into indie games these days too i'm just i used to be all about like the indies and just loving the indies and some some great yeah. especially the launch of the ps4 the first couple of years there were some amazing amazing indie games you know the swapper and rogue legacy oh, and things like that oh rogue legacy there's just an infinite infinitely less amount of quality control these days isn't there yeah yeah they're, they're almost out. turning into just like steam and we're just being handed all of these these games and it's like i'm sorry maybe your game is is good but we have limited staff we have limited uh resources and time and everything i mean i i've got to play my 700th hour of destiny 2 what are you doing (laughs) sending me this indie game (laughs) uh in terms of watching uh went and watched uh skyscraper uh, this weekend it was a fun movie i mean it's it's not gonna be a grammy nominated you know for its score because grammy is music um <laughs> get my stuff mixed up here uh yeah. you know it's it's not gonna be an award-winning movie or anything like that uh but I it was shocked a, it's not gonna get an oscar uh, 
just floored. I can't believe it, but <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's basically uh, the rocks. The rock does die hard. Yes, more or less what it is. Yeah, doesn't he have a? Uh, he has a prosthetic leg, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so really? it's it's like a, a disability representation too, which is is pretty good. He he did a really good job representing that. They didn't just use it as this uh this story point that's kind of uh you know i don't know it, it worked what, whatever they did with it it worked really well and it's it's a silly film and there are some some silly just physics defying moments but uh overall it was fun you know it's it's a modern die hard yeah so uh let's get back to uh you jason because i know you were the only one who has played octopath traveler here um yeah i've uh, i've been playing a little bit of it i'm not super far into it uh i had a kind of busy weekend so i didn't get to play as much as i wanted to um but i've i've gone through two characters first chapters um and I, don't know, I really like like it so far. Um, it's it's different compared to like uh, I guess the the action RPG is kind of like the predominant format uh, of the genre right now. So it's uh, it's kind of refreshing to go back and play a, a traditional turn based um, game. Uh, it's got its own little twist though that kind of make that more interesting. Um, you know, you've got regular turn based combat, but there's also like a boost system. So, like, if you uh, if you skip your turn, basically you can charge your character, boost your character. Uh, I think it goes up to four times. So, uh, it's basically a trade-off. Like, do I act this turn or do I wait to make my character's attacks more powerful next turn or the turn after that? And uh, the more you boost, uh, you can also have your character attack multiple times. So, like, uh, at regular non-boost you know you attack once with a regular attack boost twice you attack twice so it, it adds like a new dynamic kind of to uh the strategy and you're not just like uh you know slamming attack each turn um you gotta kind of think about it and there's also like a vulnerability system like every enemy has one or more vulnerabilities uh and if you hit them enough times with it, like they'll be stunned temporarily and attacks will do more damage. Mm. So, um, I don't know that that's kind of fun, more strategic. It's also, uh, it's not an easy game. I won't say it's like ultra hard. It's not, not like the dark souls of turn-based RPGs, oh God. but, uh, <laughs> there's that term again. Um, uh, we can't even mention that now. People will be in arms as compared to dark like, souls. It, it definitely took me back. The first boss, which is just like some some peon dude that you meet in the cave. Um, like, I didn't bring many healing items because it's like, oh, the first boss in an RPG. Like, he's going to... I could do literally anything during the battle and he would die. Yeah. But no, this guy, uh, he, he whooped me pretty thoroughly. <laughs> oh, really? I yeah, I only brought like three, uh, I think they're called the healing grapes. Eight, yeah. which are the potions of the game. I only bought, brought three and it's just like, he just slammed me. Um, so it's like right off the bat, it's, it's got like an 
kind of an old school uh, approach to difficulty. Um, nothing too unfair, though. Uh, the big thing everybody's going to talk about it, Octopath Driver, though, is like the, the graphic style, which is, uh, I like it. Um, it's kind of got like eight 16 bit sprites uh, over like a, a, a modern graphical effect engine. Like, yeah. Um, it's like all it's the sprites have like a glowy effect all around them. Yeah, they're kind of highlighted. Everything yeah. has its like, own kind of uh, shadows and, and light sources and stuff. It's, it's basically like if you put Final Fantasy VI in the Unreal Engine and use modern effects on it. Um, mm. There's a lot of, I don't know, uh, field of depth effect they use, uh, yeah. which are dramatic effect. Um, so it's like instead of like a, a Super Nintendo RPG where you don't really see the background, you know, it's more of a top-down look. This is kind of, uh, I don't know, like a, a 45-90, 45-degree angle camera. So it's like mm. you're kind of like looking from an isolinear standpoint almost. Yeah. Um, so you can see the background of uh, each map really well. And um, they really use 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 the the depth of field effect to to make the game seem a lot bigger i guess it has a yeah. sense of scale that was kind of lacking in super nintendo era rpgs uh you know you might only be able to go into like 10 15 buildings in a town but you're you're, you're seeing in the background like you know other buildings and other places yeah. Uh, you just can't go to them, so it's it's kind of like actually feels like oh I'm in a the capital of this this nation. Yeah, it you know there's a lot of things here. What um, the, um, what's what's the, the main complaint that I've seen uh, coming about it is um, the story, how it handles its story, because isn't it split off into eight chapters or something? It yeah, it's kind of like uh, I don't know if you guys have played Saga Frontier or any of the saga games or like live a live or live alive from on the SNES. But it's like you have to pick one of the eight to start with. And then yeah. when you complete their first chapter, uh, you're basically given an objective. Like you need to go to this place in the world to mm -hmm. start the next part of this character's story, or you can go find one of the other characters. Um, so like I started as Cyrus yeah. Um, I started as Cyrus, yeah. and once I had completed his first chapter, like you just have to go a little bit south, and you can meet Tressa, the merchant. So um, it's kind of weird because, like, I meet her and start her chapter. Um, but you can you can choose to either see the beginning of her chapter or skip it entirely and start like right from where you meet her. So, um, if you choose to see the beginning of their, their no, the other character's game, like, uh, it basically flashes back. You play the first part of their chapter. And then when you return to, like, the current time or whatever, um, your first character will just kind of join their party, which I guess is where I could see some complaints coming from. There's no, like, real establishment of the relationship between two characters. Yeah. Like, you just show up and 
one character's like, I have a problem. And then the other character's like, okay, I'll join your party. And then you go, you know, you go and continue uh, the second character's story. And then when you're, you're done with them, you, you just kind of rinse and repeat. It's like you can yeah. go to either one of the two characters' second chapters or you can find another character. Yeah. And start their first chapter. So, um, so far there has been like a real detachment between the character stories and interactions, but I assume, um, there's like going to be an overarching story in which maybe, you know, their destinies combine or something. I don't know. Oh, it yeah, may not be like that. Destiny? I'm, uh, yeah, uh, Destiny, uh, yes. All about that. <laughs> <laughs> How many hours are you into it? Uh, I'm like three hours into it, so I'm oh, very right. oh, that, yeah. But uh, I'm so surprised. Got a square Enix uh, said today about how many sales that the um, that it had gotten. I think there's like an Amazon shortage of like copies of the game because it sold so well. So I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up coming to like other consoles. Uh, so it's it's a Switch exclusive right now, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, come on I don't see it staying that way for long with, no. with the success that it's kind of garnered at this point. It wasn't Nintendo published, is it? It's uh, it's still published by Square Enix. It just seems. Um, it see. just seems like it's. Uh, it seems like from from the reports that well we reported on today. It seems that they were surprised that it was obviously quite a niche game that it's had such an um that it's had such an impact, and uh, now they're having to bring out more stock for it on Amazon. So I should imagine it's going to come to different consoles. This is one of those um, this is one of those instances where I actually feel like releasing exclusively on a particular console first might actually do it a lot of good because I think people are really uh looking for like you know this kind of game or any kind of game on the uh a new game to play on the switch and so i could imagine that it's got a lot of sales purely based on that so now that more increase its chances of coming to the ps4 you know it's weird that like it's considered niche because it's really like the epitome of like the 16-bit rpg it's yeah. like you can almost like 20 years ago, you couldn't have got more mainstream than Octopath Traveler, but now yeah. it's like... Oh, it's like, yeah, no, no. Well, like you said, so, it's, everything's moved into the action RPG now, hasn't it? And it's like people are... Yeah, it looks like it's... Uh, turn-based. Looks like it was published by Nintendo in America, but Square Enix in Japan. So it's... it's right, okay. uh, It was just like publishing help. So I'm sure yeah. if anything, it'll it's like a timed exclusive could potentially come to... Yeah. Uh, that makes it a little less likely as a possibility if uh, Nintendo... I will say, I actually... Um, I mean, I, it's not enough to make me buy a Switch, but the game no. actually looks pretty fun, and I would play it if it came out on PS4. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems... It seems if you're Allah, with your... Uh, how, much, how many JRPGs that you seem to like. Yeah, I think it... I mean, uh, the art style actually looks really great. Mm. You know, it's... Looks right up my alley for sure. Mm. Nice. You know what looks up my alley? That was a weird way to say that, but uh, <laughs> we're going to run with it. 
We're just going to take it and I'm going to put my running shoes on and I'm just going <laughs> to keep going, Forrest. Um, but uh, have, you, have any of you guys seen the Nathan Fillion uh, Uncharted fan film that, that came out uh, when we're recording this? It came out this morning, but uh, it's probably been a few days now for Did anybody not. listening. I saw the I saw him teasing something, and I saw a lot of people teasing that he was going to be involved in the mainline Uncharted film, or he was going to potentially be involved in the next uh, Uncharted game. But I didn't even know that he'd made a fan film today. Well, released it today, I should say. What? What actually? So is he Nathan Drake in it, or is he just directing it? He, he is Nathan Drake in it. So I, I think what happened uh, was for a long time, people have been saying if there's going to be an Uncharted movie, Nathan Fillion needs to play uh, yeah. Nathan Drake. Because, He's the perfect look yeah. and attitude and everything for it. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, like Mal from Firefly is is essentially like space Drake. So, yeah, uh, that's uh, it, it's the perfect fit. And he looks just like him. And, and it just works out really well. So lots of people have wanted him to play Nathan Drake. I wasn't aware that Nathan Fillion himself wanted to play Nathan Drake as well. Oh, yeah. He's been campaigning for it for a while. Um, and and I guess this is the realization of that. He got together with, with some friends, basically, to just make this little short, you know, 15-minute fan film on YouTube. And he's Nathan Drake, and they got this this uh, guy to play Sully and, and a girl to play Elena. I'm not sure who, uh, who they are, uh, but they, they are important. <laughs> well, and they, uh, but they work pretty well in their roles too. And, and as a proof of concept, this little 15 minute short film yeah. is like the perfect, like, come on, Netflix, pick that up and let's do a, an uncharted Netflix series starring Nathan Fillion as, as Nathan Drake. Yeah. I would be so in. Maybe that's why they've done it for, to just get the proof of concept out there so somebody expresses interest in in that kind of thing. It wasn't like Neil Blomkamp, the guy who made um, God, uh, District 8. Uh, that was a film, wasn't it, that he made? District 9. Nine. District the nine, next yeah. District up. District 8 was crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, District 8's the good one. There's no prawns there. It's just normal. <laughs> it's all fine in District 8. District 9's the bad one. But uh, he got, I think he started by making short uh, films that eventually got picked up into something, into a bigger thing. So maybe this is what Nathan Fillion is uh, attempting to do. Just trying to get somebody to sign him up as Nathan Drake. Yeah, yeah, I I can see that uh, happening. I mean, at this point, there's no obvious campaign around it. It's just kind of like, hey, here's a fun fan film. It was was really fun to... realize this dream is, is basically yeah. what he's saying and it's isn't it i mean it's good f- isn't uncharted film being made right now is it not uh, i thought there was yeah. there is an uncharted film that has been in what feels like development hell for forever uh, like tom holland was uh rumored to play a young nathan drake in it and um i mean it's, Man, it's just I been not going see back tom and holland forth. as nathan drake whatsoever i i could mm. see him as like a, a teenage uh you know, teenage Drake. If they go teenage all like Drake land, the first yeah. bit of the Indiana Jones three or whatever it was, where I, it's just. I think at one time weren't they talking about like Matt Damon or something to play him or something uh, stupid? Yeah, yeah, it'd just be an awful choice, and 
if you don't yeah. pick Nathan Fillion, especially after this. Yeah. That's just, just no. I don't know who you would have aside from Nathan Fillion. Let's give Ryan Reynolds it. He plays everybody like that. Like Ryan Reynolds, <laughs> the Nathan Drake, anybody remotely cocky and good looking, just give it to Ryan Reynolds and see what it, what he gets up to with it. I I don't think I'd be mad at that. I don't think nah. it would be the best Drake, but I think it it would be a uh, an interesting performance. I love Brian Reynolds, but I think he'd be a terrible choice for Drake. I feel, personally, I, I, I appreciate Ryan Reynolds. I feel like he now spends his entire life pretty much cosplaying as Deadpool now. Like you see him in interviews and everything, and he's just he's made a shift now from. I'm no longer Ron Reynolds. I am also just basically Deadpool, which I or, guess is why he got to do it anyway. Is it just Deadpool now cosplaying as Ryan Reynolds? <laughs> Who knows? That's that kind of fourth wall breaking that we love. <laughs> <laughs> Life imitates art. Metacomedy. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, uh, Paul, apparently you have, um, yeah. you, you pissed off some Sonic fans because uh, yeah. what did the, did the Pope not send them any foot fetish, Sonic foot fetish <laughs> pictures? No, nah, no. Nah. I, I thought this <laughs> We shouldn't mess with these people. They're... <laughs> I feel like this is comeuppance from that episode where we spoke about Sonic fans and now it's all falling, uh, falling apart for us. No, it's just I thought this was worth bringing up because obviously um, you pair over on PlayStation Lifestyle would also surely have a long history of this. Um, people just not understanding how reviews work. Just plainly not getting it. So we've had, before before I even joined uh, Game Revolution as uh, editor, um, there was a Sonic Mania uh, review that was, that was posted, right, which gave the game uh, a 4 out of 5. So... Sonic Mania Plus comes along. I've hired, you know, uh, one of our staff uh, gave them the assignment of reviewing Sonic Mania Plus. He gave it a 3.5. We have had so much shit because the reviews are different. Uh, it blew up on, on Twitter. Um, people like Wait. posting comparisons. Different, different people reviewed this yeah. game. Two different people. Two different people reviewed Sonic... One reviewed Sonic Mania... And the second one is reviewed, Sonic Mania Plus. And people and, can't uh, grasp the concept. People that... cannot grasp that it's two separate people who have reviewed this game. There's YouTube videos about it. it there's comparison screenshots of our two posts. Um, it was called uh, Disgusting Hypocrites. <laughs> I mean, it, it's all like, it's all very, like, it, it's obviously laughable and, you know, it, it, but it's just. It's so weird that people just don't understand how the review process works because to me it seems like you could just sit down for five minutes and just think about it analytically before like you go off the rails about what an outlet has written about this game that you like. And you could just think, well, one reviewer has this opinion, but then this reviewer has a different opinion. So obviously those scores aren't going to mesh. I've had people saying that, um, complaining that there's no consistency between the two reviews, and it's like there's not gonna be because it's two different people. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and let's just go as far as to say, barring that, why is this the thing that people are like willing to die for? Mm. 
so weird. Right. So like, weird. I, I, there's there's been uh, a few posts on our site where we've had a few people getting super mad about the fact that I've been covering uh, control freak uh, performance thumbsticks, and yeah. I think they're I think they're great. They're necessary. I have them on all my controllers. They help me play better. They're more comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. I covered some. You know, they they had like this really huge uh, day during E3 when the battle royale thumbsticks helped them sell sell out yeah. and do their best day ever in history and stuff you know and and i just have people who it almost feels like they're personally offended that i am covering these oh, these yeah. thumbsticks in any kind of positive light and i'm like why why is this like the end all be all for for your day and and what oh, yeah. you're willing to come back to again and again and again it's madness stuff like that um like, you're always going to get these people who are like, you know, just really vehemently don't want to read your opinion. Um, I mean, that's that's its own. Like, that's like, like you said, I, I cannot get my head around that kind of thing. But I just think in terms of just just limited to reviews, I just don't understand how so few people just seem to be able to grasp how reviews work. Because effectively, what they're saying is you either keep the same person reviewing the same kind of games. So we just always have one person reviewing Sonic games forever. <laughs> Even if that person like leaves their job, doesn't work for us anymore, we need to like clone them to ensure that their set of opinions are consistent. Right. That sounds entirely reasonable to me. The entire duration. Or, which is the only other reasonable con conclusion to come to from what they're suggesting, which is the new reviewer lies, which is the new reviewer looks at the game, looks at our old review, thinks, oh, well, I don't like this point, this point, this point about this game, but that wouldn't be in line with what the last reviewer said. So therefore, I'm going to lie about it, <laughs> which is actually an ethical conundrum in games journalism. That would actually be an ethical issue, but uh, but some or people just you, go. You just have the new the new reviewer also review the original as well and go. If I reviewed the original, I would have given it a three, and I give this one a three point five, and still have people complain because they won't understand that. Yeah. People People just like to complain. I've seen people complain because they want the point of view of someone who doesn't like JRPGs when you review a JRPG. So then you give it to someone who doesn't like JRPGs to give you that point of view. And then they complain that you didn't use someone that understands Japanese RPGs. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, what, what do you want me to do? Yeah. I it's, think it's, this guy's big problem is... Uh, he's an he's idiot. A, he's a Sonic stand, which is yeah. like... A, a class all to itself like yeah. sonic school and all but this guy is part of like that strange subset of video game fandom that it's like all he does is make videos about sonic like and not just i mean how much can you do with sonic like mm. they release a new game every what you know couple, couple years, years. Maybe. Like mm. Sonic Mania Plus is like an expansion pack, basically. But yeah. this dude, like, almost daily makes 
a video about Sonic. So yeah. we're dealing with someone here that is so focused on a topic that like he is willing to set day in and day out and find a new way to make, you know, a five to 15 minute video on this thing. Yeah. So no matter what we did, it was going to, he, he was looking, he was on the prowl for <laughs> something to be mad about with the Sonic Mania review. Yeah. Like, and he found it in us, I guess, because we gave it a, a 3.5, which is a seven out of 10, which is an above average score. Yeah. Uh, and no matter what anyone said, he was going to be mad about this and he was going to make a video about it. And, you know, even in the comments, I see people saying like different people reviewed it and he's like, well, they should have had the same person review it. And it's like, this game was reviewed at the, no one, no one still works at Game Revolution from the time <laughs> that this game was reviewed. They're yeah. literally not here. Yeah, like no one. Yeah, and you know, and then it's the whole thing that people are getting in trouble or not getting in trouble. There was controversy behind the whole like reviews by committee thing. Yeah. Like it's a big no-no. Just tell a reviewer like you need to pick a score within this range. Yeah, like that's a huge, huge breach of ethics and, yeah. you know, journalistic code. But this guy apparently thinks that <laughs> all, all sequels to a game or all expansions to a game or all remasters of a game should be rated exactly the same or higher than the previous one. There's just uh, no we, sitting down on, with analytical thought about it. What's the same? On that subject, we uh, we actually had the same reviewer back when uh, GTA Five uh, reviewed yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five on PS3, and then reviewed the the remaster on on PS4. Actually, gave it a, a 0.5 lower on the remaster, mostly because it's like, eh, it's the same game. It's the same game that we've been playing for this this really long time. Yeah, sure, it looks better, but like, I'm tired of this already. Yeah. And uh, we we got some people kind of upset about that one too it wasn't yeah. just people we had the, the pr rep actually questioned oh, that's us about right it. that's right i forgot oh, about that on that God. one wow um, that's uh that's, that's a whole that's like that's a whole nother kettle of fish out isn't it like uh all right so i think what we need to do is uh go back uh when resident evil 2 comes out you need to go back to your original <laughs> resident evil 2 review yeah and it it can't be any worse than that any not different that, it's just gotta be completely the same not that re2 is gonna be bad at all it's gonna be amazing no. but well <laughs> yeah well it better be because otherwise we're gonna have to change the old reviews oh <laughs> yeah uh, like i've like I, I find this kind of thing like it happens and then like you know there's that annoying thing like you get annoyed by it you think god this is just incredibly dumb how do people think like this how can you not sit down and just like go over in your own head and come to the conclusion that obviously your opinion's wrong. <laughs> but like I've obviously been doing this for quite a few years, so I'm used to that kind of backlash. You just like uh, like a, lot, a few of the people got working for us, or like new like you know up and coming writers and stuff, and then you've just got people who are just like because of this review scenario, just going to town and like you know they called our reviewer like unprofessional garbage and stuff like that and you're just thinking god man just think for a bit it's like it's just 
before you just start dribbling over yourself to say the first hateful thing because you're so into this specific fandom it's lovely that you're so into sonic it's it, like all these people who are complaining out it's really really nice that you're so into sonic the hedgehog but like just think just have a thought about whether or not your your, your appreciation for this particular character is actually turning you a bit toxic those are my yeah. final thoughts <laughs> yeah i just think that if you like Sonic the Hedgehog that much, you should probably find something else to like because there's just not a lot of depth there. And I think that says a lot about a person. That's just my, per- <laughs> that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I think it's okay to like Sonic the Hedgehog or love it. But when you get to the point this guy is, you know, maybe start stamp collecting or, you know, yeah. uh, play another game, any other game. You know? The thing is, there'll always be enough stamps. The Sonic games come out like what once every two years, and then half yeah. the time people don't like them. You really, like, it's really holding out for a, a series that doesn't really provide that much. Uh, should we get him into Overwatch? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's constant there. There's always stuff to talk about. Hey, until well, Hammond has a uh, a blue skin, he's not going to be into into Overwatch at all. Yeah, maybe if like, I wasn't doing this job, I'd just be sitting around getting really, really salty about people insulting Hammond. That'd probably be my thing. Just me just making 40-minute <laughs> YouTube videos on <laughs> some guy saying Hammond isn't uh, isn't going to make it into the Overwatch meta. Maybe we can do like uh, like Santa Claus. Like I can dress up as Sonic and we'll just make a video saying like, oh, Game Revolution didn't hurt my feelings. And then like, maybe that'll placate him. He'll be like, oh, Sonic told me. It's fine. I can, I can rest easy now. No one hurt Sonic's feelings. Oh, All right. It gets weird every time we talk about Sonic. <laughs> um all right so uh let's move on from sonic then yeah. <laughs> and go on to uh warframe was actually apparently turned down by uh by major publishers oh god specify who the major no, publishers it, were they never went they didn't want to call anybody out so they just said that most of the major free-to-play publishers turned them down I so, guess they so couldn't see that it would work. These are free-to-play publishers then. It's not like it yes. originally was going to be a paid-for game and then... Uh, no, these are free-to-play pe- free publishers. Most of the major ones just said, you know, no. Man. Which is That's really surprising. I mean, I played the game. It's fun. And it's yeah. doing extremely well. They've got to be looking back at those moments and going, man, that game was pitched to us. And that could be us. Well, well, is there and, um, any like major free-to-play publishers either? Th- there are. I, I couldn't tell you their names right now, but no. there are some that that's their sole thing that they do. Yeah. You know, but um, I think Digital Extremes ended up publishing it themselves, which ended yeah. up being a blessing for them. Wow. Yeah, because they're raking it in right now, and they don't have to share any of that. <laughs> Yep, pretty much. And apparently this this latest uh, Warframe's one of those that I I would love to be able to get in, but I can't justify getting myself into another thing that's just going to suck me dry. Yeah. Um like my, just my time and investment into it. Yeah. Uh so I stay away from it. But just, apparently this upcoming patch and update and everything is going to be pretty big. We had uh Paul Michael 
uh, at Tenocon checking mm. that out and he seemed pretty stoked and excited off of what he was seeing up there I'm gonna need to start getting into it it's, it seems like it would be my thing but I just I've never really dipped my toes into the waters with it but um god man it's just missing out on that kind of opportunity and the thing is absolute garbage gets published on free to play some some truly garbage games are published so you have to think like what was ranked above uh warframe in the pecking order well yeah uh, they, they go on to say some of it was that it's not really a pvp game and it's a co-op game and things like that that maybe scared some publishers away from it i guess you know so. i don't i i can see that uh definitely being like a, a fear um yeah because who who like co-op games are few and far between on the ones that can do really well and, yeah it's difficult and, to monetize them isn't it and get people coming back for it really but but Digital Extremes has just done it so well oh, yeah. with with Warframe. It's been, in fact, I think they've done it so well that it's something that can't really be replicated by a lot of other uh, developers and a lot of other yeah. free to play games. I don't think you can you can come out with them without almost being accused of being a, a Warframe clone at that point. Yeah, um, and then you've got games like uh, like Anthem that are coming out that are doing kind of the same thing that same co-op experience and it's all the destiny uh, vine isn't it the perma world or whatever it is the, yeah whatever, yeah whatever it. uh does does warframe have any pvp at all in it or is it all co-op no, i don't know no about idea. that i've no idea I've, I've honestly couldn't tell you yeah i played it a little bit and i didn't notice any kind of pvp it was all yeah. co-op i mean yeah. it might now after like multiple yeah. updates i don't know you know, again, how long it's been since people have played it. But, um, yeah, I, I really enjoy the co-op focus, though. You know, I think there's there's definitely a market for that. The people that yeah. don't want to play competitive PvP all the time. Yeah. No, uh, I, like I, I'm in the I'm in the I'm in the uh, market for another co-op game. A multiplayer games just drop off so quickly for me. It's difficult to difficult to get like friends constantly interested in them to really put the time commitment in um I'm yeah, it's, out Warframe. it's more about it's less about getting your friends into games like those and joining clans and making friends in games like those is what i've noticed oh uh, yeah i guess so i never um, really do that though i never <laughs> i never branch out but like the one time that i branched out to other people was when i made the game revolution destiny 2 clan and I, that thing just took off beyond anybody being able to manage it. <laughs> it, was like, it like filled up instantly and I had no idea what was happening to the point where like you'd, you'd Google search Game Revolution and like it had come up Game Revolution Destiny 2 clan. Like <laughs> predicted text. That was, that was, was better just, than your, uh, your website at that yeah, point. Yeah, it was better than the website was doing. I just looked at it just like, oh my God, how is this... How this this has just gone above and beyond what I just had to make. Like, I, that, I think that thing's still going. I just had to make like a bunch of 
random people like the moderators of it because I wasn't playing Destiny 2 anymore and people were just sending sending me messages hassling me about, <laughs> about, uh, about moderating it better and I was like look guys this is not my full time job I don't know what to do <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I can't manage this clan I don't play Destiny I, d- I literally don't know what events you are talking about now <laughs> Yeah, you gotta you gotta definitely be super into them. I really quickly want to mention another free to play game I, I played uh, last week, week before last week, um, called Warface. It's a longstanding PC uh, free to play game, uh, kind of a shooter uh, with a whole lot going for it. Uh, it's coming to console, and I got to play the the PS4 preview. And I was I was really surprised. Uh, it's a lot better than than I thought it was going to be going into it. I, I will be the first to admit that I was skeptical going into what seemed like a free-to-play Call of Duty clone. Yeah, I'm just uh, looking at it now. It just looks like a military shooter. It, in in aesthetics and in looks like that, it's... With yeah, mechs. Are there mechs? It's got mechs. Yeah, it's got mechs in there. Um, I didn't see any in my preview, but uh, maybe there are. This looks like a big old, big old mech knocking around in there. That's 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 piqued my interest. There you go, Jason. Get this. You <laughs> write your thing. Yeah, I love Max. Uh, I might have to check it out. Yeah, it's it's, it's a fun little game. It's uh, basically it, all you have to say to get me to play it. There's <laughs> there's Max. <laughs> yeah, there's a mech involved. Uh, def- definitely recommend checking it out on on the free to play front. You know, it's it's free. There's nothing off your back for checking it out except for hard drive space and time. So. Uh, wanted to give a, a shout out to that. Um, all right, so this isn't really something on Cameron and I's side, but uh, Pokemon games need innovation. Yeah, we've set up um, a little weekly recurring feature on GR that's um, Hot Takes Friday, where we just have an anonymous hot taker, which is just one of us who doesn't want to be held accountable for what they're writing. Uh, it's just, it's just cowards just, yeah i know just just write something um about uh about about what they think about a particular series or you know just just generally about a game and uh, our anonymous hot taker this month um said about how the uh pokemon games need innovation said about them growing quite stale that you know it's traditional uh you know what would you call it? Like a traditional stripped back RPG. Every single one is. And um, that they should probably venture out into other genres. I know Pokemon has done that. Um, we've obviously had, uh, what is it, DX, po- oh, End Tournament and whatever it's called, the fighting game. But it, it is weird to me how they've, aside from... Like Park End Tournament and also Pokemon Go, it's never really been mixed up. Um, you just think there's so much opportunity there. Uh, I mean, not that Nintendo or Date would be able to actually manage this, but if they got like a third party involved or something, something as far as you know, a MMO or just a different setting. Um, somebody in the comments wrote they want like a space Pokemon game. Um, but yeah, I, like you just think it's been going for years, and surely this is the longest-running franchise that hasn't reinvented its formula in any meaningful capacity. 
you've got things like Zelda, which obviously Nintendo has a bit of a running thing with just kind of uh, keeping in the same keeping the same characters and the same IPs and stuff. But I mean, you go as far as Mario's had multiple different kinds of games. Uh, Zelda's ventured off into different genres. You've got you know Hyrule Warriors, which is like a Muso game, and uh, Breath of the Wild was really different compared to old Zelda games. And obviously, you've got the two D ones. Pokemon's just the same. It's always just the same, and you kind of forget that somebody actually could do something different with it. I think the most different thing they've done is Pokemon Snap. Yeah, which yeah. was a, a lot of fun. I really enjoyed. I mean, uh, so so I haven't played a. I mean, unless you're counting Pokemon Go, Pokemon Quest, you know, whatever I can yeah. download on my phone and just kind of dink around with while I'm at the airport or something. Uh, yeah. But I I haven't played a a Pokemon game since uh, realistically Pokemon Gold version. Uh, yeah. That was the last one I owned. Um, I've never owned Nintendo consoles. Uh, you know, Game Boy Color was the last Nintendo console I owned. Yeah. Um, so, like, I I love those those classic Pokemon games. Those those top down isometric like Pokemon games. Um, so you'd like you know, the new the, ones, then it's the same. Yeah. <laughs> and, and exactly, and and from what I'm seeing of the new ones, it's like updated graphics, but like the mechanics and everything stay the same. Whereas you you look at something like uh, so Final Fantasy. For example, uh, yeah. you go back to Final Fantasy V, Final Fantasy VI, where you had those top-down, those isometric, uh, those those kind of graphics on the game um, uh, back then. And then as the series evolved, not only visually, it also evolved mechanically yeah. to where you look at a game like Final Fantasy XV and you're like, wow, how did yeah, we it's get... it's completely different. Yeah, they, they completely innovated and changed whether you like it or not. That's that's kind of besides the point. Yeah. Final Fantasy 15 is not the same as Final Fantasy six, just with uh, uh, updated graphics. Yeah. And it's it's crazy that 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 Pokemon has just managed to stay the same without anybody really calling for that much of a change, really. Um, I think the fact that they haven't brought it to like a, they haven't brought the proper um, you know, uh, the what would you call it? The the typical Pokemon games, the uh, the traditional Pokemon games that they haven't brought them to a home console yet. I think that's kind of kept it going for so long because people have literally just kept asking Nintendo and Game Freak to bring over those games to just release them on a home console with updated graphics and whatever. Um, but then after they've done that, I just don't know where where do you where do you go there? Um, I mean, even doing it, making a change like uh, Final Fantasy Fifteen, where you have it as more of an action RPG, you take away the whole turn based element, and you actually have them become a lot more action packed. That'd be great. I mean, if, replicating the kind of battles that you'd see in the Pokemon anime, where you'd have. Um, you know, actual actual arenas with obstacles that the Pokemon fight around and stuff. Um, you want even a blueprint for, doesn't do that for for a great uh, update to the Pokemon games. Nino mm. Kuni, Nino Kuni yeah. did like a modern iteration of Pokemon better than Pokemon's been doing modern iterations. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah, it's uh, it just just to have that feel of. 
Because, I mean, you come away when you was a kid, and obviously it was really, really great for the time that you was like, you know, you'd watch the Pokemon anime, and then you, you'd play, like, your little Game Boy games and stuff. But it was never really a, a good one-to-one replication of the kind of battles I had in the anime. The battles were always really explosive, and, you know, they had all these different arenas and stages and different things. Um, and it just doesn't happen in, a, in the... Hey. Man Gengar moves game. slightly when he does his little <laughs> attack. He's like, eh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Runs over to them and does like a, there's a little animation that happens. And then you turn it, <laughs> uh, you turn 3D mode on and then your whole game freaks out because the 3DS can't handle that amount of frames. Um, but like, the thing is, they're, they're obviously that Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee that they're bringing out to the Switch later this year. It looks like cute and all. And, you know, it's supposed to be more of an accessible pokemon game uh, it's supposed to be a mixture of of pokemon go and and, yeah yeah and and it's also a remake of pokemon yellow so whatever that's fine but what disappointed me was next year they're bringing out a brand new title and it was like we don't know anything about it just yet but the um what what they basically said about it was oh no you can expect the um big graphical upgrade with the next game pokemon switch 2019 i'm just like oh i'm not really bothered about the graphics being improved i want a different game now um i'm not the anonymous hot taker by the way (laughs) this is actually somebody else (laughs) i realize that i'm just sharing their opinions uh do do we get the the podcast exclusive to get to know who they are or is that privileged Uh, information it was it was just Mac. <laughs> I don't, I don't th- it's Mac Ashworth. Here's his address. <laughs> I, I like how I like how just blatantly boring that was. No, it was just Mac. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I don't think that he thought like, oh, like I'm hiding this opinion because I don't think it's that much of an egregious opinion. I think he, uh, I think he just thought that was the trend that we're going with, which I think we just will from here on out now. Just so, just so whoever doesn't want to have their opinion broadcast online will be fine with uh with being behind that account but um yeah it's mac i've thrown him under the bus now uh his, <laughs> but only his if twitter you handle is his, his twitter handle at mac ashworth <laughs> just <laughs> forward forward all your hate mail there <laughs> that's not actually his twitter handle but yeah i was i was gonna say isn't it and then i was like yeah. i probably shouldn't just say that out <laughs> <laughs> no no uh uh, yeah. All right, so let's. Uh, yeah, they need innovation. We all pretty much agree on that one. Uh, the Culling Two developers says it's time to make difficult decisions. I'm not gonna lie; I don't actually know what this headline means. I'm just reading it off of our doc here. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Jason, you want to take this? Uh, <laughs> there's can, a I, there's I, a man who doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I can give a really uninformed. <laughs> I've got. I've got it. It's fine. The uh, so yeah, they're calling to the. Uh, they've, they've basically they've just said that. Um, that it was funny. They posted like a little. <laughs> Have you heard about the calling to about what's happened with it? The fact that like it had like one of the worst launches of any game ever. It had like zero people playing it almost immediately. It did like a stealth launch that nobody knew about and. I think, uh, speaking of Mac, Mac said that he bought it uh, to play and he went online on launch day and it had three people playing it in its entirety on its uh, launch. So, um, 
I mean, is this is this an indie game that we're talking about? Is this a really small? No, people. No, it's. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily that large, but um, it's it's essentially like it there was a, there was an original game called The Culling, which I'm not entirely sure what it was, but I know that it was relatively popular. So then they kind of just released uh, The Culling too, but they didn't like as far as I'm aware, they didn't announce it. It just kind of got thrown out of there, and. Um, yeah, so now they're basically saying they're going to make some difficult decisions for the company's future. Um, and they posted a little tweet uh, from the official Culling to Twitter account that has, you know, that little meme of the dog sitting in a room that's covered in this, fire. This is uh, fine. Yeah, well, this is fine. Uh, they posted that and uh, they're, they're being pretty, they're being, they're being pretty jovial about the whole thing. But obviously, it must be absolutely devastating. Uh, it's been absolutely slammed on Steam. Um, I think it's got like let's, let's see what its meta score is. I know it's absolutely garbage, but apparently it's, it is generally a absolutely ridiculously terrible game. It is actually out on uh, PS, uh, PS4 as well. Um, I uh, I'll, I'll make a hard decision for them. Real real easy. Hire a marketing and PR department because yeah. I never heard a word about this game until no. Nah. I vaguely oh, remember seeing something about it on on Twitter uh, when it yeah. came out, and somebody said, "Wow, there's only three consecutive people playing." It might have actually been Mac that tweeted that out. So yeah, Mac's it's, doing a better um, job at PR and marketing for their their game yeah, than yeah. the company is. Well, the uh, they basically the developer called Xavian tweeted, "It's time for us here at Xavian to come together for some much needed soul searching and to have some admittedly difficult discussions about the future of our studio." We'll talk soon. It's just you always when when a game like this is released, and obviously I don't have a clue what was going on with this. Like nobody knew about it. They said they announced on the same day that it released. I think it was or the day before. Like oh, the Culling Two is coming out tomorrow. Nobody knew it was even being being developed. As far as I'm aware, it just appeared. Um, you always wonder like what happened behind the scenes here. Um, like obviously this was never going to go well. The game looks not good at all. It's it's got it seems like terrible a very reviews. poor marketing decision to to try and like that that works for things like Unravel Two or you know something during E three that's that's got a lot of hype and build behind it. But to release it in the middle of a random you know July like yeah here you go <laughs> yeah just I think. The, uh, I think people got mad too because the original decalling, I think they just abandoned it. Like it was in early access, they released it and then immediately abandoned it to work on the culling too. So I did I did read people complaining about that, like people who had played the first one who were like surprised and angry when the culling two released because the, the developers had just stopped working on it when it still had major issues yeah i'm just looking through their twitter now and all of their like uh on the literally on the official account um it's just them just kind of conceding that this was an absolute terrible idea and everything's going terrible somebody's tweeted at them was this an april April fool's prank and they've tweeted back i wish (laughs) it's from the corporate (laughs) corporate blue ticked account uh somebody's tweeted uh, that dog is in a uh, the dog from the meme that dog is in a better situation than your game at the moment 
and they've just tweeted back a baby crying. So obviously things aren't going well for these for these folks. Which is you a, know, and and I I feel for them. Like yeah, it's it sucks. I can't imagine that game development is easy in any way at all. Uh, sure, some poor decisions were made, but they're they're owning up to them, which is great. And you know they're they're not trying to get defensive about it. There yeah. have been unfortunately some some studios who uh, release kind of failure and they they try and get defensive about things instead of uh kind of opening up and being open to making changes and doing some soul searching and stuff so that on that respect i i really respect them for yeah. that side of things yeah um all right so uh, one game i know that could release stealthily same day it was announced and do uh well at least i would buy it uh is dead space 4 Unfortunately, that's not likely to ever happen. However, an ex-visceral creative director did talk a little bit about some of the ideas that they had for Dead Space 4, um, which I think a lot uh, centered around Ellie and her surviving. Uh, I don't know if you... played any of the Dead Space games. I never played a single one. I think I played... In fact, tell a lot, I think I played a little bit of Dead Space 3. And then never really got into the series. Um, I would yeah. say one is still like the definitive, and it it holds up today. You can go back and play yeah. one right now, and it is still a, an amazing, a great game, a great, a great horror game, a great space game, a great. I mean, it it just combines all these elements. Um, mm. Two was still a really good game. Three, I know a lot of people didn't like. Uh, I enjoyed it. it. It definitely was more action oriented than than the first two. Yeah. Um, which didn't didn't really do it favors for for people in that department. But I, I thought it was fun. I remember uh, it coming out around the time that Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, whatever it was called, came out, and I just spent more time with that. Seem like people were disappointed in Dead Space Three. I'm not surprised <laughs> Dead Space Three. Uh, I'm not surprised Dead Space isn't getting like a new release. It's kind of like the antithesis of what would work these days. Um, uh, yeah, but um, so does that just mean that Dead Space Four isn't happening now because they've came out and gave this information? Well, so I mean, Visceral's gone. Yeah. Um, I I assume that the franchise is still owned by EA yeah. in some respects. So if EA wanted to hand it off to another studio, I'm sure they could. Uh, mm. But I I don't necessarily know if I see them handing it off no. to another studio. No, well, they'll I mean, just yeah. put their put the gravestone and you know amongst the other series they killed off by. Yeah. buying their studios and then shutting them down yeah so weird what they do over there like that thing with like uh, Amy Hennig or uh, the old Naughty Dog writer that Amy just, Hennig yeah yeah just cutting her single player Star Wars game and I feel like if the former Naughty Dog's writers Naughty Dog writers single player Star Wars game isn't getting the green light from EA then a fourth entry in a series that was on the decline anyway probably isn't going to happen. 
it's mind-boggling how badly they uh have managed the star wars <laughs> yeah uh, properties yeah um, and didn't they shove like multiplayer in dead space 3 isn't that like one of the things that killed it it you was it was co-op yeah there was a co-op uh portion Which, of it and I, I mean, in in theory, it worked really well because there were there were times when uh, Carver, the other person, would be like going crazy and having mental breakdowns, and so that player would be inside his mind playing against like the demons in his mind, while Isaac is outside trying to defend him against the actual <laughs> necromorphs. That sounds very on the nose. You have to go in. You have to go in as the second player and resolve his mental health problems. <laughs> <laughs> ironing out a panic attack or something <laughs> just jeez <laughs> what it kind of boiled down to it was uh, oh my god and that, that was also the start of kind of like the microtransaction era yeah. Um, yeah i remember that being a thing and it's when they were exploring around with a lot of the microtransactions and so i think a large part of dead space 3 was was killed because that was before publishers had really honed in you know not not necessarily that microtransactions are fully honed in yet but uh there was a point in time where they were even worse than they are now yeah yeah i remember that like i remember that being like <clears throat> it being one of the not the first games but one of the first ones to have microtransactions that people just were up in arms about um yeah it's, it's just ai isn't it uh, it just seems like they get these properties, they get these development teams, they get these franchises, and then there's just like mismanagement from the ground up. Um, so, like, they can't get Star Wars off the ground, then God knows how they're going to manage Dead Space. Yeah, you would think Star Wars of all properties, like, they could do something with, but they just keep screwing the pooch on that. Which I, I think they really just care about the mobile game side of that. I mean, if you look at how many Star Wars mobile games have came out with microtransactions, I think that's probably where they're really using the license at. I'd like to know how much money they make out of those Star Wars mobile games because obviously people aren't uh, don't really go up in arms that much about mo- mobile games at all. So i wonder how much they make out of them and whether it's just worth them keeping the star wars license purely just for that side of things i'm sure it is i'm yeah. i'm sure it is uh Ooh. one one of the uh games that we don't need to worry or wait wow this uh, document just changed on me there was totally <laughs> something on here before that's not on here now Oh, I deleted it. It was basically about Epic Jeez. Games uh, on a <laughs> Epic Games um, splitting Fortnite revenue. They're going to split it now, which even retroactively, they're going to split the revenue uh, from, uh, I think it was like they're going to give people back pay. Uh, oh, for the Unreal Engine, yeah. Yeah, for the Unreal Engine. Yeah, they're splitting it like... God, what, what are they splitting it by now? 8812, I think. It's 8812 now. It used to be 7030, now it's 8812, and they're giving people five years of back pay, which is su- super awesome. Like, there, there is no downside to that story at all. Yeah. Like, I, that's, it's, it's really, really crazy. You, you just expect, like, when somebody makes, like, a mega hit like this, then to just keep, like, uh, like scrounging for the money. 
um, even still. So it's just really, really nice to hear a developer um, actually really give back in a massively meaningful way. So just a nice story. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good one. Um, Days Gone developer is hiring for a new uh, AAA IP, so it doesn't look like they're uh, going to be making Days Gone two after this is actually the second job posting that, that uh, uh, Sony Bend has had in the last few months uh, for a new AAA IP. Oh really? Uh, so yeah, it seems like they're gearing up. They're they're looking for concept artists and stuff. So they're they're just starting. Uh, you know, I, I would guess while they're putting the polishing finishing touches on, on days gone, um, yeah, they're kind of gearing up for, for what comes next. There's, there's obviously always a little bit of overlap, so no real surprise there, but, uh, there you go. Yeah. It's, uh, it's looking like they will have some new IP with that we'll hear about probably within the next two or three years. Oh man. So they just uh, pumping them out. We've got, uh, yeah, we've got our, uh, to conclude, we've got our reader questions, actual big old batch of reader questions this week. Uh, we're doing um, giveaways now uh, for whoever gets read out. So if your question is going to get read out, if you've sent a tweet to uh, Game Revolution or PlayStation Lifestyle and your uh, tweet gets read out by us and answered, then <clears throat> you get a nice little free PC or PS4 game, and that's going to continue indefinitely. So make sure you keep your uh, your questions coming into us every week. When you see a post on either Game Revolution on Twitter or PlayStation Lifestyle on Twitter, um, yeah. So we've had uh, a few this week. Um, one that I really really liked was from uh, Roberto. Cervantes, I don't think I'm saying that right, but uh, username at Navi underscore X13 on Twitter, who asked us um, if you could have any two developers work on a game together, who would they be and what kind of game would it be? Hmm. Oh, man. That's you you got to start giving us these one. questions before the, uh, the show so we're <laughs> thinking about them because this is just going to be 10 minutes of us going, hmm, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we should have Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft working together. <laughs> I, I that that is actually one uh, you know that I think would be would be really cool. I would love to see. It will never happen. Well, never say never, but uh, I would love to see what Sony could do with their uh, first party studios with Nintendo properties. Yeah. Yeah. So hand, you know, hand uh, uh, Mario, not hand Mario over, but, you know, have a co-development of Mario with like, I don't know, even even the people who made like Crash Bandicoot, uh, you know, so I, either Naughty Dog or like Vicarious Visions uh, from, from Activision. You, I would uh, like it them. if they had one with um, Santa Monica Studio and it was like a grizzled bearded Mario uh, teaching baby Mario how to stomp on turtles' heads. That's or, what I'd like. Or even even uh, like Santa Monica taking on Zelda. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. like their take, like like Corey Barlog doing Legend of Zelda? <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Make it happen. It's, 
it's really like it's really interesting, isn't it? Because obviously it's something that probably will never happen. But I don't know. You see things like um, like obviously Microsoft and Nintendo really teaming up there, and you do kind of think like the hypothetical scenario of if they did their own. You remember like with Street Fighter X Tekken or Tekken X Street Fighter. Uh, where it was like, oh, well, I can't imagine these two ever teaming up in this capacity and then just taking these existing franchises and just doing something out there with them. Nintendo doing Gears of War. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think we can. That was a that was a difficult question that we managed to avoid by thinking up something that would never absolutely happen. But uh, we've got. I think- uh, I think yeah. CD Projekt Red too, with with you know any any of Sony's first party studios really, uh, I, I I just think there are, there are some studios that have these really great strengths in certain areas, and so I would love to see two, you know this isn't again this is kind of avoiding a specific answer to the question just because we didn't have a long time to think about this, but any two studios that have distinct strengths uh, that could kind of do do their own thing uh on on each side of that you know somebody who's really good at narrative and then somebody who's really good at at combat and gameplay yeah yeah it's definitely uh it's definitely an interesting one um we had another one from uh alpha threat who tweeted with playstation catching so much flack for not allowing crossplay do you think there would be a time when a developer steps up and denies their popular game on their console. Imagine if Fortnite was to tell Sony, PlayStation will no longer receive updates because of their lack of support. No. Yeah. <laughs> there is no way ever that uh, a developer would prevent the circulation of their game to a massive audience like that just because yeah. they didn't allow crossplay. play yeah. is... Uh, no offense, Alpha Threat. Uh, it's a good question, but um, the idea I think is kind of absurd. Like, yeah. they're just Epic would not uh, close themselves off from eighty million, you know, or so PS4 owners just because they don't want to open their network up for crossplay. Yeah, I mean, even if developers find it annoying that whoever publishes these games will absolutely intervene. You've seen cases in the past where. Um, a, uh, a developer has been, a publisher has been forced to um, com- like censor significant portions of their game because of like a, a game's um, a country's take on a specific theme in that game. Um, so, if publishers are fine with doing that, <laughs> then I think they're not going to have too much of a hard time just being fine with Sony. Uh, not allowing crossplay. Um, uh, did you guys uh, get a question? Uh, we didn't. There was one about crossplay, but I think that it's uh, uh, because people think that we're the crossplay podcast, so we're a yeah, podcast yeah. talking all it's about. A, Can you imagine if we were just a podcast that every week talked for an hour and a half about just crossplay? It'd be like those things, oh, like uh, like those websites where it's like, "Is so and so still dead?" and then the answer is just yes on the web page. Just like, <laughs> "Is Sony still not allowing crossplay?" and then we just pop up like, "Yeah," and then that's it. <laughs> no, <laughs> It'll be a much easier a podcast. Uh, all right, then. Last question. Then 
again, this is probably one you're gonna have to. This is probably one that I should have ran by everybody first. This is from Stan uh, at Stan Class C double L I S C L double I S. Uh, asked, what's your favourite online gaming memory? So, uh, I think um, the first one, I'm, I'm going to say favourite, it's the one that um, stands out in my mind. Uh, it's not a favourite, it's something that haunts me to this day. was um, a good few years ago, got really heavily into Minecraft to the point where it had, it was teetering up on an addiction to Minecraft. Um, this is before they allowed creative mode on consoles. So uh, it was just when you had to get your blocks um, and just plant them down. And um wasn't working a lot back then when Minecraft was, was going on. I think it was a lull between jobs. And uh, I had a mate who was unemployed and I spent uh, the best portion of a week waking up every day building um, this giant mansion house thing in, uh, in Minecraft. Um, and then a friend came while we were there and uh, set the whole thing on fire. Um, you couldn't revert back to a previous save, so that was like it was it was early Minecraft griefing, but from somebody <laughs> who I got on well with and who didn't need to do it. And I, I believe that I didn't speak to them in reality for <laughs> for a significant portion of time after doing it, but it did help me stop playing Minecraft and actually, you know, become a functioning adult again. So uh, it's not it's not a favourite memory, but it's probably it's a formative memory. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't have any one memory, but I uh, I always try to play online games like you know peacefully. I'm not a shoot on site kind of person, so yeah. I always like uh, especially with like survival games or something when you either meet someone or see someone you know be kind. To someone else yeah. uh, instead of just shooting them or killing them on site um, I always like it uh, I don't know I guess it part of the reason I don't play multiplayer games very much is so much of the interactions are like the kill on site mentality yeah um, so when I'm in a game you know and I happen to see people interacting like Real humans. Real humans, yeah. Like helping each other out even though they don't know each other, you know? Yeah. Especially when, like, if there's a communications barrier or something, like people yeah. working together to uh, to help each other out when they could very easily just, you know, hack each other to bits instead. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's always my, my favorite online gaming moments. That's why I love Journey so much. I remember finishing that game and then uh, with just one player and uh, at the very end there was like drawing hearts in the sand with the feet before we both went our separate ways and then like uh, the the name that like popped up at the end was like Big Dick 69 or something <laughs> <laughs> like, oh this moment meant a lot to me thank you yeah. I was like I did I share this view <laughs> um, uh, so so I've never really been much of a much of an online player. Uh, I mean, years ago when I did uh, PC play when I was a kid, I used to play StarCraft online all the time. And I remember as a kid making a bunch of friends through through StarCraft, and uh, that was fun. But I, I kind of dropped off that, and, and when I started getting into consoles, online play took a, a significant backseat up until 
really until PS4 uh, was was when I started getting back into online the games. Because of Destiny. And then, yeah, I mean that's that's really what did it. Destiny yeah. has done a lot for me in terms of online play, in terms of meeting new people, uh, using LFG to to get groups together, um, interacting and socializing with different people, and uh, yeah, for me it's it's not just one memory but but kind of just my whole destiny experience in meeting uh you know some of my best friends now uh that i met through destiny and that i talk with and interact with almost more than i do actual real people that i know who live near me um so so yeah just kind of the the interactions and the the moments that have come together through meeting people and and playing destiny all these questions yeah keep these coming they're great yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a nice batch of questions that was that was very it was like expecting when you pull out an open call just to be like why are you lot so shit <laughs> so it's it's well, nice to have actual meaningful conversation uh, just just a tangent on that i i went to our last week's post uh the the arena net firings uh episode to try and look at at our comments to see if there were any like comments or questions or anything on that post and the whole Mm. thing is just a cesspool of people who are like no you guys are wrong don't blame the community the community did nothing wrong she's a terrible person she's unstable she's awful and i'm like okay uh maybe like you can have a yeah it's yeah i think i argued that she was terrible did they not listen to it? Hey, <laughs> I totally I said she was responsible for uh, <laughs> for her behavior. Yeah, I think they just saw the title and decided to. Uh, you you also agreed that that uh, the community itself is still, regardless of of her, it has now created problems within uh, empowering shitty toxic behavior in gaming communities. Yeah, and, what you're yeah. supposed to say was these gaming communities. Everybody there is absolutely hunky dory. Everybody's really nice. Nobody does anything toxic. Yeah. While the people are shouting at you. <laughs> yeah. It's her, but, it's her. It's her fault. She she said it, and it's her fault that you guys are are telling her to kill herself too. Yeah. Damn her. Yeah. And then going to to every one of these other game companies and sending like form <laughs> letters trying to get every female developer fired that they possibly yeah. can. Just just. Yeah, looking forward yeah, to the uh, Sonic. Looking forward to the Sonic stands this uh, this week. That's that's, that's what I'm Again, looking forward to. Disclaimer: I, I wish no ill on anyone who likes Sonic, <laughs> or Sonic himself, or Sonic himself, especially Sonic himself. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a good boy. He's, he's, uh, he's the blue bomber, right? Right? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah. Huh? You gotta res- you gotta respect the man who puts on shoes before he puts on trousers. <laughs> 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 it's confidence. That's what that is. I think that's our closing line this week. Yeah. Respect a man that puts on shoes before he puts on trousers. There we go. Uh, but yeah, great questions. Uh, Paul will be getting you your free games yep. sent, uh, free sent games. out. Um, and keep those questions coming because they are great. And mm-hmm. it avoids us talking about uh, other dumb things during the week, especially during this slow news period. So yeah. Uh, helped out a lot i think cameron had to duck out early because his uh his wife and son showed up for lunch so yeah uh he's not my rest my rest in peace <laughs> r.i.p all right thank you everybody and remember put your shoes on before
or your pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See you next week. Bye-bye.